Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the best of TJ in science and technology interviews. You're invited to join us to listen to select researchers and scientists share their rarely discussed rediscoveries in science and technologies. The time is now to come forward in our brains and process the discoveries that can now be applied to assist us to master the days, months, and years ahead. So sit back and let your mind soar while your brain processes the best science news of our past that is very relevant to our lives today. Enjoy the best of TJN. Well, greetings, everyone. Hello, how are you? Welcome to Hygiene for Humanity. This is Nurse Sharon Cole, the resident nurse here at the Jewel Network from Hygiene for Humanity. We at the Jewel Network take pride in bringing you up-to-date scientific information on the science of life and living. And in case you did not know what the acronym JUUL stands for, it is justifiably enchanted with enlightened living. And that is a great thing to be. We all need to be enlightened with the life we're living and to really live up to our truths. So today I'm going to speak to you about the truth that I know about lead in our water as well as some other heavy metals, how this lead affects our body, and most of all, what we can do to protect and treat ourselves and our families to safely remove it in the event that we come in contact with it. We always want to know how we can treat ourselves, and the answer to that No matter what it is and no matter where you are in the world, the answer is always within a 180-degree radius. So we really should not have to go to another country or another part of the world to seek an answer to a problem that is in front of us. We simply have to become familiar with what is in our immediate area. That's something that is very important because no matter where you live in the world and no matter what problem you have, the answer is there. So you just have to go within and look around, look around, look around, look around to where you live and the answer is there if you want the answer. So with that being said, I'm going to speak a little bit on uh, what lead is. So lead is a, it's considered a heavy metal. And usually when lead is present, uh, especially in our water, uh, there are also other heavy metals present there also. And so, you know, how does lead get in the water? doesn't seem like lead should, ha- should be in our water supply, and it absolutely should not. And one of the most common ways that it gets there is because of the industrialized nation that we live in and the waste that are produced from a lot of these industries, they carelessly dump their uh, refuse of their chemicals from their plants into our water system, into the streams, into the rivers, instead of being responsible and containing it and disposing of it in a safe manner. You know, invest in, there needs to be investment on, into how to dispose of uh, harmful waste as opposed to dumping them in the water. You know, for many years there was a practice in this country where we basically dumped garbage out in the sea, in the ocean, until that became a problem. And now we find that most cities are recycling uh their recyclable products and finding better ways to dispose of their garbage. But we create a lot of the problems that exist. So lead getting into our water 
can often be the result of industry, like I said, releasing their toxic waste into the environment, namely into our water supply. Now, most of us who live in cities, little towns that are using the municipal water supply rely on the uh, government to basically test the water to find out what's in it and to be honest in their reporting and let us know if anything is harmful in there. But I think that some of us have not been good stewards of getting the information that they provide for us and and really taking a good look at it. So if we're not paying attention to the reports, we have to also hold ourselves accountable. You know, we we have to also uh, investigate our environment that we live in. Read what's in the water. There are reports that do come out. Now, if we're checking the report, then the reports are not honest. Well, that's a whole other thing. But we really should be investigating what happens to our garbage in our community, what goes on at the dump, what's in our water. All the municipalities that process our water must release uh, information. And I don't know if it's monthly or quarterly, but I know they test the water and they are obligated mandated to release what's in the water. And it's up to every citizen to basically become concerned with that because if the citizens are concerned and we take an active part in knowing what's in our water and keeping our environment clean, we then put pressure on them to do what they're supposed to do. So everyone plays a part in when we're negligent and basically paying attention to what's happening in the environment. Okay, so... Lead, you know, uh, lead is a heavy metal, and it, there is no safe level of lead for the human body. Lead is a very dangerous poison, and it can be inhaled as well as be ingested. And that is how one of the ways uh, children get lead poisoning is uh, the, by having paint that has lead in it in the home, If the paint is intact, it's bad, but it's not so bad. But if the paint is peeling or chipped and there are little pieces flying off, there's lead that's released from that, as well as the children often take little pieces that fly off and it ends up in their mouth. But also, if it becomes airborne and it's in the air, they can inhale it. And young children, especially children under six years of age, are very, very susceptible to lead or any heavy metals for that matter. And that is because they are small and and they're growing. So the damage that is caused by lead to the body causes permanent damage to bones, to muscles, and to the brains of our children, even at very low levels. And this is a situation that will last basically for multiple, multiple generations when you're talking about something affecting the brain. Because these children are going to have learning disabilities, which results in a low IQ, low intelligence, also symptoms of ADD, which is known as attention deficit disorder. So then they cannot learn. They're easily distracted and they cannot focus. They often have behavioral issues. They can't sit still in class. They're acting out for whatever reason. They cannot be consoled. They cannot be comforted. Often there are speech and language impairment. So if you can't express yourself and you're always being misunderstood, that is a huge reason for uh the child to basically act out because everyone wants their needs understood. And they may not realize that they have a speech impediment or a speech problem, but they do know that the reaction that they're getting from other people when they speak is not the reaction that they're looking for. It is not one of understanding. And often that comes with a lot of prejudice, especially in school when the teacher has several children to deal with and there's a few children that act up, 
or there may be many that act up. Just think how that weighs on the teacher. And I'm not saying that that is right by any means, but it is a problem. These children can also have decreased muscle development. They have problems with bone growth. They also have kidney damage. That's a huge one. The kidneys are so important, which is why we have two of them. So if one becomes a disease, we still have another one. You can live with uh, and you can live and have a healthy life with one kidney, but at least you need one working, and ideally, they both should be healthy. Also, and, and that's, those are the effects from having low, level, uh, low levels of lead in the body. When we talk about having high levels of lead, we're talking about seizure activity, which means that the brain is basically uh, under attack, under attack. <clears throat> we can also have unconsciousness. And a seizure, you know, there are many types of, of seizures. You can have what's known as a grand mal seizure where there's violent shaking of the whole body or a petite mal seizure where there's just little twitching. Or there's also seizures known as absent seizures where the person is awake, their eyes are open, the lights are on, but it looks like nobody's home and they're just staring in space and you cannot get their attention. And those may happen uh, for short periods and then they come back and they're fully present with you. But when they had those absent seizures, who knows where their mind went? They can't remember, but they're clearly not present. And the worst-case scenario is death. And these are the effects that happen in children. Now, adults also who, because they're larger in body mass, their injury uh, won't be the same as uh, the effect that the lead has on children, but it is also a very serious condition when an adult is exposed to lead. It's poison to the body. And some of the things that can happen is, uh, especially for women who are pregnant, well, of course, the fetus is going to be harmed in the form of brain damage. You know, the fetus is growing, it's rapidly dividing, and having lead in the blood of the mother is definitely going to affect the baby. It will also cause the mother to have lots of illness during her pregnancy. Fertility problems in both men and women are a problem when you have lead in your body. Here's another big one, high blood pressure. High blood pressure from lead exposure. Another thing that can happen is nerve disorders. And we know that the nervous system is part of the brain. Memory and concentration problems. And also muscle and joint problems. So these, these are a wide array of symptoms that happen to adults and children who are exposed to lead. So I'm going to take a short break and listen to our sponsors, and when I come back, I'm going to continue with uh, some information on uh, the effects of lead, not only on the human body and the human brain, but also what other uh, chemicals are found in our water that affect our bodies. And then later on in the show, we're going to talk about how do we deal with these and how do we combat these problems so that we can actually remove them from our tissues in a safe manner. So please stay tuned, and I'll be right back. Do you love what you hear on TJN? Visit thejewelnetwork.net and sign up for our new membership. For full access to our show archives in their entirety and more, visit www.thejewelnetwork.net for science at its finest. Thanks for listening. One hundred years ago, it was not conceivable that we could control all forms of matter with our thoughts. Hi, I'm Dr. Jewell, and I know that sounds incredible, and together we can explore this and many more incredible scientific realities through my latest book, Straight from the Heart. It's an exciting outpouring of information that you will read and explore over and over again. Get your paperback or ebook copy of Straight from the Heart today at www.thejewelnetwork.net. 
Welcome back to Hygiene for Humanity. This is Nurse Sharon Cole, and I'm here discussing today uh, lead in our water and the effects of lead in our body. Now, what another thing that I'd like to point out to my listeners is that uh, another way that adults and children get lead in their body as well as other heavy metals are, uh, it may be a very unsuspecting way, but people who work in environments that have hazardous materials, like industries that uh, use or manufacture batteries, car batteries or pipe fitting, even people who work at firing ranges or if you're in the demolition business, or even some types of glass production. People who work in these industries are at risk of lead poisoning because of the materials that they're working with. So they should always be fitted with uh, a safety mask. And I don't mean just the regular surgical mask. But if you work in these type of environments and you know that uh, you're breathing in unhealthy fumes, you should be fitted with a... I believe it's an N90 mask, and it's a, it, this mask is specially fitted for your face, and you should be wearing this to protect yourself. So hopefully if you're working in that environment, you have the proper type of mask. If not, you need to ask somebody. Do some investigation. In every workplace, there should be a book that talks about all of the chemicals that you are working with. We even have this in hospitals. Um, There's a list of every product, every medication that we work with, and it's hazards. And so you can go there and you can see what the side effects are so you'll know how you need to protect yourself. So it would behoove you to do a little investigation just so you know what you're working with. Now, if you're working in this type of industry, Um, one thing that you need to know is that the clothes that you wear at work and your shoes may have harmful substances on them, especially if you're working with heavy metals. Uh, What we're talking about right now most of all is lead, and that you should actually shower and change your clothes and shoes at work in a separate area from the workplace before you leave. And you want to be careful to do this because, number one, you don't want to bring these clothes in your home because if you hug your wife, your husband, or your children, they're going to be exposed to these harmful chemicals. The other thing is even by getting in your car without changing these clothes that have these substances on them, you basically put these substances in your car so when your family gets in your car, they are also exposed to these substances, and you've contaminated your car and your family. So you really want to be careful and know the environment that you're working in and know the hazards of that environment and to protect yourself accordingly. So that onus should be on the employer. They may not always do what they're supposed to do, but if you look for the, I believe it's called an MDSD book, and it has in all of the chemicals and it has in all of the uh, hazards to the body, um, whether it's airborne, whether it uh, contaminates you by touch, but it tells you exactly uh, what chemicals are harmful that you're working with so you can know how to protect yourself. Another thing to think about is uh, often jewelry, costume jewelry may have lead paint on it depending on uh, where it comes from. You really want to be careful of that. Lead can be absorbed through the skin. Um, When you uh, buy things at uh, stores that are made overseas, one of the major um, violators that we've heard about in recent times are uh, basically China, Indonesia, and Taiwan. Some of the products that are made there the paints that are used in them, some of the sealants that are used on some of the products have lead in them. So you really want to be careful about what you're bringing in your home because, like I said, some of these products are airborne and you're inhaling them and they're getting into your blood system. 
There's, there, I've also read about lunch boxes, uh, the soft vinyl type lunch boxes that may have lead in them. So, you know, we really have to think about what we're putting our food in, um, to using aluminum, aluminum foil pans, aluminum cookware, aluminum tea kettles, aluminum foil. You really have to be careful how you use these products uh, in your kitchen. You don't want to be cooking in aluminum cookware, and you want to protect yourself if you're using aluminum foil by actually putting parchment paper closest to the food before you put uh, cover a, a uh, baking pan with aluminum foil. And if you can at all avoid it and get something more natural, um, like a clay, a clay baking pot that has a, a cover on it or a high-quality Pyrex, you know, you really want to be careful buying things that are, you know, for example, from the dollar store or that are really sold cheap because you get what you pay for. You really do. Um, recently I read about some types of Pyrex that are really low-end Pyrex, and they're basically they have the danger of um, literally exploding. And I was surprised to find that the company had actually sold out. And that this article was saying that, you know, the Pyrex that has been around for 20 years or more is really the best uh, type of Pyrex containers. But you really have to be careful. And, you know, it, it, it behooves you to basically invest in a good uh, cookware set, uh, porcelain, over steel or over iron is always best. Cast iron pans, they're heavy, but they're uh, not hazardous to your health. You just have to know how to care for them. So, you know, we know that our food is our medicine and our medicine is our food. So we always need to have items in our kitchen that are healthy. So when, you, when someone in the family is feeling ill, you don't want to run to the medicine cabinet in the bathroom. You really want to go into the kitchen and know how to treat that, how to treat an upset stomach, how to treat uh, a headache. You don't want to run for a pharmaceutical that has side effects. You really know, you know, you need to investigate why the person's having a headache. Is it dehydration? You know, my, my answer to a lot of things is that, you know, drink water, you know, and when you are drinking water, you want to drink purified water, which brings us to actually another topic. Um, you know, we hear a lot about alkaline water versus acidic water, you know, alkaline water being better for us than acidic water, and it absolutely is. Absolutely. There's, uh, you know, I've seen articles on both sides of the argument, some saying that we don't need alkaline water. But when you think about the environment that we live in, the food that we eat, we are putting a heavy uh, acid strain on the body. Processed foods are very acidic, especially when they are stripped of their uh, natural minerals and vitamins. So if you don't know what um, I'm talking about when I talk about something being acidic or something being alkaline, it has to do with the pH of, this, of the liquid. And the term pH refers to uh, the potential of hydrogen. And to simply put it, it is the measurement of the concentration of the hydrogen ions in a liquid. So the higher the, the pH of the liquid, the fewer hydrogen ions that are present. And the lower the pH of a liquid, the more hydrogen ions are present. So the pH scale ranges from 1 to 14, with 7 being a neutral spot. So anything below 7 is considered to be acidic. And one of the most acidic things is uh, like battery acid. Bleach or hydrochloric acid is also a strong acid. Um, 
but any and anything with a pH above seven is considered to be alkaline. Now, uh, one of the strongest acids that I find that we consume in our body is phosphoric acid, phosphorus. And phosphorus, uh, the way that I always remember it is that uh, I remember reading on a soda can, and I think it was like Coca-Cola, the brown soda, and it says, you know, that this contains a high level of phosphorus. It was almost like a warning where you read on, like on a cigarette box, that smoking is hazardous for your health and has been determined to cause cancer in lab animals. So I'm like, okay, the soda can is telling people that it's a high level of phosphorus. Well, what does that mean? And when I did some reading into it, I find that phosphorus is acidic and it is actually inversely proportionate to calcium. And what that simply means is that the more phosphorus you put in your body, the lower the calcium level goes. Now, we know that there's calcium in our bones and that we need calcium for strong bones and teeth, and it's a very important part of our makeup. So the body is always striving to be uh, neutral, to have homeostasis, okay? So if you're drinking large amounts of soda and an article that I recently read said that the average American drinks a gallon of soda a week. Now, that just is really hard for me to fathom, drinking a, a gallon of soda a week. But if you're drinking uh, soda, which is very acidic, where does, how does that uh, acidic, the phosphorus levels, how do they get neutralized in your body? Well your bones are actually becoming demineralized by releasing calcium to help balance out all the acid so that the body can even tolerate the soda. So, you know, think about the rate of osteoporosis in this country. You know, we see these signs all the time saying that, you know, drink milk, it does the body good, and get your calcium from, from, milk, from milk. So I think that... The people in this country drink more milk than people in any other country, yet we have one of the highest rates of osteoporosis. So why is that? So one of the conclusions that I have to come to is that we're feeding on foods that are very acidic and we are leaching calcium from our bones to basically neutralize the drinks that we're drinking and the food that we're eating to basically have it be to, to neutralize it so that the body can even use it for food. So you really want to be careful about what you're putting in your body um, that you're calling food. To add to, um, add, to, add to that, I'd like to say that, you know, also our diet here in the West being so highly processed because of the busy lifestyle of the average person, many people are not staying home and cooking in the kitchen. So the processed foods are high in sodium, and that sodium is usually not sea salt, because sodium is salt. It's usually uh, ground salt, otherwise called table salt. So we have more salt in our diet and not enough potassium. So that really affects the way... Uh, our body is processing and the way our cells work. Another thing is that 40% of Americans are deficient in magnesium. And magnesium is a very important mineral for the cell membrane of the cells. So if you didn't know the nucleus of the cell is not the brain, it is the cell membrane. That is controlling what goes into and what comes out of the cell. And the cell membrane relies on magnesium in order to work effectively. So if we have low magnesium in our diets and low magnesium in our body, the magnesium pumps do not work properly. 
And when the magnesium pumps don't work properly, they are unable to help move the potassium into our cells and push out the sodium. So that's not occurring. So it creates a huge imbalance in the cells. And having an acidic condition in the body sets us up for all types of problems. The inside of the body loves a basically uh, alkaline environment. And the outside of the body, which the skin, loves an acidic environment. So we always want the inside of the body to be alkaline. So I'm going to take a few, few minutes and take a break here and let the sponsors come and speak to you. And please stay tuned because I'll be right back with more information for you. With such a vast amount of research and medical investigation directed toward vitamins and minerals, it seems almost impossible to know what vitamins you need to take and what effect they'll have on your body. But not any longer. With my new book, Vitamins and Minerals from A to Z with Ethnoconsciousness, you will discover the true value and effect that each major vitamin and mineral will have on your body, mind, and overall health, and how to use vitamins and minerals to transform your health and daily life. To get my new book, Vitamins and Minerals from A to Z with Ethnoconsciousness, please visit thejewelnetwork.net. Welcome back to Hygiene for Humanity. So before we went to break, I was talking about uh, the pH, the potential of hydrogen, and how important the pH is for us. And the last statement that I made was that the inside of the body loves an alkaline environment, while the outside of the body, which is the skin, likes a more acid environment. We actually have an acid mantle barrier on our skin. And the inside of our body loves to be in an alkaline condition. Now, okay, so why, why alkaline on the inside of the body? Well, our blood, the ideal pH for our blood is 735 to 745. And when that pH is off, it causes actually problems for the brain, problems for breathing. You know, we have buffer systems in our body. And one of the big buffer systems are our kidneys. Our kidneys are always buffering acids by, by releasing bicarbonate to basically neutralize all the acids. So the kidneys are working all the time. They filter out products. They, they release it out with the urine. They're always buffering the acids to keep us in a neutral state. Our lungs also work to buffer us. Um, our lungs uh, are another way that we let waste out of our body. So, you know, breathing... We really want to pay attention to our breathing and have an effective uh, breathing pattern. I'm not going to go too deep into it, but, you know, if you've never taken a course on um, or gotten, gotten teachings, received teachings on effective breathing patterns and how to utilize the entire lung, you're really missing out on something because breathing is so important. It is a, another way that the body gets rid of waste. So... Um, Bacterias and uh, viruses do not thrive in an alkaline environment. Viruses are very small. They're like the smallest uh, living form that we come in contact with, but uh, they can be very potent. But they do not do well in an alkaline environment. And so first of all, what I'd like to say about viruses is that in order for them to live, they live within living cells. So a virus has to, be, has to have the ability to actually penetrate the cell membrane and get inside the cell and copy its own DNA, replicate inside the cell. That's the only way it can live. And then once it does that, it infects other cells. But viruses... Uh, if the cell membrane is strong and it's intact, 
like I spoke earlier about not having too much sodium in the cell, that we need to have potassium in the cell. We need to have proper amounts of magnesium so that the cell membrane is working at its uh, highest potential. When we have proper uh, amounts of all of these electrolytes and all of our minerals, we have a, cell, a strong cell membrane, and we are really unpenetratable by viruses. So if we have a pH that is around 6.5 in the cells, um, we are more apt to develop some type of virus. For instance, the rhinovirus, known as the common cold, or the influenza virus, known as the flu. These viruses thrive in a pH of around 6.5. They require a mild, acidic environment for their maximum infectivity. So just think about all the viruses that exist that people are uh, walking around in fear of. For example, the Ebola virus, HIV virus, the hepatitis C virus, the HIV virus, all of these viruses that if you do not have the you know, if your body isn't in tip-top shape, so you aren't getting the proper vitamins and minerals, you aren't getting your rest, you aren't drinking uh, proper amounts of water, or you're drinking water that is not pure, water that's really on the acid side, after a while, all of these things tend to wear on the body. The kidneys are great, and they do a great job of really neutralizing acids, but how much burden do we want to put on our kidneys? You know, we can, we can just drive through the neighborhoods and see how many dialysis centers are there. And they're filled with people who don't have kidneys that function the way they should and care for their body. So everything that we eat, everything that we drink, everything that we inhale affects the way the body works. And it's really important for us to know how to keep ourselves healthy so we don't want to overburden our kidneys and have them uh, neutralizing the acidic food, the acidic water, the chemicals that we breathe in. So we really have to pay attention and have to feed the body in accordance with what it likes. The inside of the body loves to be alkaline. So alkaline water is wonderful. Structured water is wonderful. And structured water, from what I understand, is uh, water that is basically broken down to smaller molecules that are able to penetrate the cell and hydrate the cell. The cell actually likes to take in water molecules one at a time. So when you drink uh, water that is unstructured just out of the tap or out of a bottle that maybe called uh, spring water or just some type of bottled water, you don't really know what you're getting. And a lot of those waters are acid. Now, I know when I used to work, uh, and I worked nights for many years as a bedside nurse, and just drinking water sometimes in the night, I would, like, get heartburn. And I'm just like, why is this water feeling like it's so acidic when I should – I love water, and I, I really couldn't – figure out what it was, but now that I know more because I began to study more on my own and not just um, going off of the knowledge that I learned at when I was in nursing school. You know, you get the basics, but most of what you do in your practice, you learn on the job and you learn by reading on your own and uh, by studying with uh, teachers who have more knowledge than you do. But it's so important to once you know the basis, to basically take in more information and put the uh, two and two together. So you really want to have structured alkaline water. And you don't really want uh, alkaline water that has gone through some type of electrical process to shock the water. A lot of the water machines that you can buy give you alkaline water, but how long does it maintain its alkalinity? So that's something you really want to look into. Now, um, I also want to touch on 
um, because I was talking about heavy metals and the presence of lead in our water systems. Um, recently, there was a there is a uh, town in Michigan where the water system has been contaminated by lead and other heavy metals, and all of the people in the town have been affected by this uh, in Flint, Michigan. And I don't know how long it's going to take before their water system um, has been returned and they are receiving water, bottled water. But, you know, it's not just the, the bottled water that is going to help them. That bottled water also needs to be alkalinized. But we also have to think about the water that they're bathing in because their skin is their largest organ. We also have to think about the food that they're eating. You know, if you or someone that you know has been exposed to heavy metals, there are certain types of food that you can eat that will also help remove the heavy metals from the body. And I just want to go over some of those. So, and this is also great information for all of us because I've also become aware that there's over a thousand cities in the United States that basically have contaminants in the water. Now, one of the reasons we have the contaminants in our water is because the groundwater is being polluted. And groundwater is where most of our uh, city municipalities are getting their waters from. Now, we already know that the waters have in pharmaceuticals because so much of the population are on pharmaceuticals. And those pharmaceuticals are not filtered out of the water. So that means that we're all being affected by them when we drink water unless we're doing something to the water to treat it. Not only does the water have in pharmaceutical drugs, it's also got in fluoride, which we know calcifies the pineal gland. It is poisonous, and it should not be in our water. We also have uh, DBPs, which are disinfectant byproducts in the water, just to name a few. And the water is also chlorinated. Now, once when we chlorinate the water, there is a byproduct that is produced called trichlorohalomethane, which is poisonous to the body. The water municipalities know this, and I mean the EPA allows a certain standard of trichlorohalomethane, but we're finding that a lot of the cities are exceeding the uh, acceptable levels of trichlorohalomethane. And when they have high levels, they're supposed to put a, a, a carbon filter on the water system. But carbon filters are expensive. But it still needs to be done because it's affecting all of us. So we really have to arm ourselves with knowledge. And we really, you know, it's, each and every one of us would look into the uh, report of our municipal water supply and just to see what is in it and start asking questions and really put pressure on the cities to clean up their water. So many of us are affected by this and we don't know it. So in the meantime, one thing that we need to know is that our diet and what we take in can fortify us and protect us against all of these types of uh, impurities in our water. So the one thing we need to know is that uh, sulfur can actually bind with heavy metals and render them harmless. So how do we get sulfur? Well, there's something called methylsulfonylmethane, otherwise known as MSM. And this is a chemical that is found, uh, if you've ever heard of glucosamine chondritin, which is commonly prescribed for people who have joint pain. It, 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 a lot of, oftentimes it has an MSN, methylsulfonylmethane, which is a biologically active form of sulfur. MSN, like I said, the sulfur binds with heavy metals and renders them harmless to the body. It also has protective effects on our liver, and against several other toxins, including Tylenol, Paraquat, and carbon tetrachloride. 
and in an uh, animal laboratory, uh, laboratory animals that they've tested on, they found that it is also effective against pulmonary hypertension, and that's hypertension of the arteries that go from the lung to the heart, and also colitis, which is an infection of the, uh, the stomach or the intestines. So you have an inflammation, a colitis. Now, other things that we can get in our diets that will help us to nullify the effects of the heavy metals that we might be consuming in our water are cruciferous vegetables. And the cruciferous vegetables are the broccolis, the cabbages, the Brussels sprouts, the cauliflowers, and greens, leafy greens. We really want to have those in our diet every day. Sea vegetables, all type of sea vegetables. Another name for sea vegetables are seaweeds. Some of you may not include those in your diet, but they give you all of your sea minerals. And sea vegetables uh, or seaweeds are actually what the Japanese people used to detoxify themselves when Hiroshima was dropped on them back in the 50s. And this is why they didn't all die off from radiation poisoning. So sea vegetables are very important to have in your diet, whether it's the kombu seaweed, arame, wakame, sea moss, hajiki. Learn to prepare these with your meals. They taste good and they provide you a host of vitamins and minerals. Citrus fruits, lemons and limes, especially key limes, grapefruits, oranges, tangerines. Garlic, using fresh garlic in your diet, as well as onions, and using fruits that are in season. All of these things help to fortify the body and help to remove heavy metals from the body. Also, you want to make sure that you have vitamin A, lots of vitamin A in your body. Whether you're taking the uh, high form of vitamin A tablets or you're having... uh, carrots or vegetables that are high in vitamin A, and those are usually the brightly colored uh, oranges and yellows. Also, glutathione, 500 milligrams of glutathione can also be very protective for the liver. You also want to make sure you're getting vitamin E, at least 400 milligrams a day. Spirulina and chlora and a... Suncarella. Spirulina and suncarella are also uh, like freshwater green uh, little, uh, uh, what do you call them, sea animals, algae that you can use. Um, they have, they're full of vitamins and minerals, and they really alkalinize the body. So spirulina you can get in the powder form. Suncarella you can get in pill form or powder form. I really recommend the powder form because it's uh, granules. It's, it's really more, uh, ex- you know that the body is actually taking it in and it's not uh, going to just pass through the body whole without being absorbed. So you can get the granules of suncarella or you can get uh, the pills, but I recommend the granules. Also, um, you can use seaweeds as well as spirulina, in your bath. You know, you can put it in your bath to actually pull toxins out of your body. So when I think about our brothers and sisters in Flint, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about them bathing in the water that has the toxins in it. And this is something we all need to think about. For some reason, we think that we're supposed to take a, a shower every day or twice a day to take a shower. Now, I, I do promote taking a bath. But I think we need to think about what we're putting in the bath. There are chlorine balls that you can put in the bath to remove the chlorine, number one. Number two, you can dry seaweed and uh, grind it up uh, and put it in your bath. Now, there are commercial preparations out there that you can use. Sometimes they're a bit pricey, but do your research. You know, there is nothing, uh, you can't put a price on your health. You know, um, it's interesting to me that we have this whole initiative uh, now under the Obama administration that everybody has to have health insurance. 
If you don't have health insurance, you're actually penalized at the end of the year when you go to pay your taxes. If you don't have health insurances, you get taxed. But the health insurance is not providing you health assurance. And I say invest your money in what you know is going to keep you well. Invest in the vitamins that you need. Invest in the non-GMO organic foods that you need to keep your body in balance so that your immune system is strong so that no matter what you come in contact with, it cannot penetrate your cells. You're just going to breathe it out, poop it out, or pee it out, and your body and all the organs of your body are going to remain strong. You know, we are invincible and we have to know this, but you have to know how to fortify yourself and take care of the body. Your food is your medicine, and your medicine is your food. So we also have to think about, you know, if you're taking a shower every day and you're taking long showers, you're basically exposing your body to the uh, harmful substances in the water for a longer period of time. So you may want to think about, and every one of us should be doing this, dry skin brushing. Every one of us should have a natural fiber brush, and we should be brushing our skin every day, dry skin brushing. And there is a method to do it. You always want to start at the tips of the body, the fingertips, and brush up the arms toward the heart. And you start at the bottom of the feet, the toes, and brush all the way up, and you brush toward the heart. And you, it's so important that you skin brush because guess what? When you do that, not only do you exfoliate and remove dead skin cells, so you have you your body does not require as much oil, but also you're massaging what's under the skin, namely the lymphatic system. You know we have arteries and veins under there too, but the arteries and veins are. Well, at least the arteries are have the benefit of our heart pumping the blood out. The vein, veins are returning blood to the heart, and whenever we move our body, uh, we're helping to, re, to move that. The lymphatic system is also dependent on that, but it's a much larger system. And the lymphatic system is a way for us to remove waste from our body. So we have to. It's a must to keep it moving, keep it clean, and we also need to keep it our body hydrated so that what is in our lymphatic system does not get turned to gel. It needs to be fluid. It needs to be moving so that it empties into our large intestine, and then we poop it out. You know, you don't want waste sitting in your large intestine for long periods of time. When it sits there for too long, the water gets reabsorbed, and basically the waste becomes hard and you're constipated. Every, each and every one of us, depending on how much you eat, you need to have two or three bowel movements a day. At minimum, you need to be having one. And if you're not doing that, you need to get it moving. Get the waste out. You don't want to hold on to that. So that is uh, a bit of information that everyone needs to know, and I want you to think about that. Now, in order to structure your water, in order to alkalinize your water, I'd like to introduce you, if you don't know already, into a product called Swoos, S-O-O-W-S. And this is a product that we, right here at the Jewel Network, have produced. We have a master biochemist, alchemist, who created this product for us. It is known as the solution of our water supply. And just one to two drops of the swools actually initiate the restructuring of the hydrogen and oxygen molecules of the water. And you can add it to any beverage or any container of water. One to two drops has the capacity to restructure and alkalinize water molecules in up to a 10 to 12 ounce bottle, one to two drops. So it actually changes the geometric or the shape of the water cells so that they can actually enter the tissues, enter the cells, and truly hydrate the body. So any substances that are in the water, 
you'll find that there, if there are toxic particles in there, they will filter and fall down to the bottom of the bottle, and then you drink the water on top and you can pour the rest off. But swools can be added to any liquid, and it will naturally alkalinize the solution in just one to two drops per 10 ounces of water. So you really want to get some of, some of our swoods. And you can order swoods by going to solutions at thejewelnetwork.net. Or you can call us to place an order. And you can call us at 770-349-9404. We have to invest in ourselves. You know, do the research. Read up on what is in your water in your town. We cannot spend too much on our health. It is one of the most in, important things that you have. So each and every one of us needs health assurance. So assure that you're getting what you need to keep your body healthy. The other thing that I'd like to mention is we also have another product called the battery. And what the battery does, the battery is a frequency resonator. And it was created to reactivate our melanin. Now, for those of you who are familiar with what melanin is, melanin is what gives us our color. Melanin is Every life form on this planet, I should say, is dependent on melanin. But melanin is also so important and it's so sensitive because melanin uh, will basically has an affinity and pesticides, pharmaceuticals, and heavy metals, especially poisons, have an, will stick to our melanin and actu actually deactivate it. So the battery was created to clean our melanin up and to remove heavy metals and toxins from the melanin. So these are two products that you really need to have in your pantry. They have uh, no expiration date. So you can. this is something that you put in your house and you, you buy one to use now and you have one to save for later. It's good for the children. It's for the adults. It does not uh, interact with any of your medicines that you may be on. You can put it in any type of liquid. So if you need to order any of our products, please email us at solutions at thejewelnetwork.net. And uh, before I go, I'd also like to remind you that I have a wonderful uh, hygiene course that I did on the female genitalia a couple of months ago, and that course is now available for replay. So if you're interested in learning about the female genitalia and how to take care of it, you can contact us at courses at jewis.education. That's courses at juis.education. Or call us at 888-659-4486. So this was a course that lasted for six weeks, and it's available to you at a small fee. And this is information that each and every female and male needs to know. And brothers, I want you to stay tuned for uh, hygiene of the male genitalia that will be coming to you very soon. So this is Nurse Sharon Cole at the top of the hour. Thank you for listening. It's been my pleasure sharing information with you. Everyone, have a blessed week. And in La Keshe. Thank you for listening to the best of TJN science and technology interviews. Join us here every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Jewel Network, where you're invited to join us to listen to select researchers and scientists share their rarely discussed rediscoveries in science and technologies. For our complete broadcast schedule, additional information, and to purchase products, please visit our website at thejewelnetwork.com or follow us on Facebook at the Jewel Network. Thank you. This broadcast is under full copyright and trademark protection owned by the House of Jewels. 
This broadcast in its entirety, nor any part of this broadcast, can be reproduced, copied, transcribed, placed in podcast format, placed into MP3 format, or suspended on any internet digital location without express permission from the House of Jewels, Washington State, USA. To reproduce or suspend this broadcast in any digital location other than the Jewel Network is prohibited and legal proceedings will follow accordingly. Thank you for listening.